Welcome to In the Spotlight. This is a podcast brought to you by the Guild of HR Professionals in association with Lace Partners. Good morning, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the Guild of HR Professionals HR Spotlight podcast series. We are now into series three and underway. I'm Aaron. I'm your host for this evening, and I am joined by the master of the guild, my common host, Annette Andrews. Welcome, Annette. How are you? Thank you. Hello, everybody. I'll do hello on behalf of our listeners, Annette. There you go. Hello. <laughs> we are recording this, it has to be said, during during lockdown. How are you? How's your lockdown going, Annette? Oh, gosh, I don't know about you. This one seems to be most drawn out because of the dark nights and short days. But getting there, aren't we? We can see we're always the eternal optimists and we can see the way forward now. So that's good. Fingers, fingers crossed. I've personally run out of my supply of post-Christmas pigs in blankets. Uh, I'm at that kind of distraught level, so I'm not quite sure what to do now. Maybe <laughs> maybe into Easter eggs. Maybe that's the way we'll go. I was going to Let's say, see. you finally run out of chocolate. <laughs> yes, Amazon Easter eggs. Thank you so much <laughs> for the chocolate. Appreciate it. So um, we're joined this evening by uh, another member of the Leadership Development Forum, the HR Guild Leadership Development Forum. For our regular listeners, you'll recall that Series 3 is focused uh, on uh, some discussions with those members, the members of our Leadership Development Forum, to get a chance for them to tell us a little bit more about them. So tonight we're joined by Darren Cornish, uh, Viva. Darren, welcome. Hello, welcome. Hi, Aaron. Hi, Annette. Excellent to have you on board. Our podcast listeners can't see that you live your life on a treadmill. It's fantastic when we're doing video calls to see you constantly walking. Just to frame that slightly for the benefit of the listeners, <laughs> it's not a running treadmill. It's one of these uh, under-desk treadmills, and I bought it a week or two into the first lockdown, so what, um, March last year, and uh, and I think I've probably put it through the best part of several hundred thousand steps so far. So um, it's good that this is only audio, because those that I have video calls with through the day they unfortunately suffer a degree of seasickness, seeing me bobbing around as I bounce from foot to foot. But, uh, but yeah, I will. Uh, I will try to to answer whatever questions you throw at me whilst uh, whilst topping off my steps for the day as we go. Fantastic. <laughs> you must be you must be every team's dream in those step <laughs> challenges right now during lockdown. Step <laughs> challenges come out. I want Darren in my team. He's just constantly moving. Uh, we, do, we do indeed have one um, running the wellbeing step challenge at Aviva through January, and I have been excluded from it because apparently, <laughs> apparently this is seen as being outside the uh, the, the the rules of the competition. Um, obviously, I've attempted to uh, to use my influence to uh, to challenge that, but I'm getting nowhere at the moment. <laughs> That's like innovation, innovation at its best. That's all I was saying. So fantastic. As you mentioned, we do have a few. A few questions, a few discussion points, I guess. We're building on some of our previous uh, podcasts in this series to talk a little bit about what has brought people who are on our Leadership Development Programme into the profession, into HR, what's attracted them. And, and you're quite an interesting case, Darren, because HR has not always been in your blood. HR has spent, so I'm 50, 50 last summer, uh, a lockdown, big five-o, and, uh, and I've spent yeah, the best part of, what, 27 years since coming out of university as a graduate trainee with HR doing its best to keep me out 
And, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, I, I, I think HR was distracted at the end of 2019 and I sneaked in under the wire. So, yeah, I've been uh, I've been in the people function, which is our, our language for HR in Aviva since um, middle December 2019. I honestly thought, having spent the, you know, the previous 27 years in the P&Ls, particularly customer-facing, large-scale operations, sales, service, etc., and change, I thought that I was going to get a bit of a breather. I thought, I know, I'll go, I'll go into one of the, I'll go into one of these central functions, you know, and uh, given the choice between kind of risk finance or HR, there was only ever going to be one that I'd try to get into. I, I get myself into HR and I could uh, I could just, you know, opine on uh, on how the organisation should work and improve performance, etc. And it would be much more calm and thoughtful and considered and strategic. And then within eight weeks of uh, of uh, of getting myself under the wire, this uh, this pandemic started to uh, play through and uh, no sooner did I somehow manage to kind of find my feet in amongst that than we were then hit by the, the Black Lives Matter piece in, gosh, when, when, was that May, June um, last year? So, so yeah, I, I genuinely have been in a spin from literally day one of getting myself across into HR, but I love every single minute of it. I think if there's ever, ever a year in which to cut your teeth and to learn the trade, of HR the last year has been that and I'm sure I've made a litany of mistakes along the way my team are incredibly gentle on me um, and I haven't made me feel too bad at any particular point but I'm sure there's been some uh, some missteps but uh, but boy have I learned at an accelerated pace just what value HR can bring to an organisation and uh, and also I think um, we've had certainly in Aviva we had a new chief people officer so my boss um, Danny Harmer came across in the February just as literally just as we we headed into the first mm-hmm. lockdown and Danny's brought a real pace and customer focus to and commerciality to HR. At the same time, the pandemic has really got us not just a seat at the top table. I think you know, a continual primary presence at the top table where you know, our, our, our chief exec and Danny and myself and the group security director. I, I should think most colleagues in Aviva, most of our 29,000 colleagues are somewhat tired of seeing our faces on video calls and uh, <laughs> and and communication so uh you know we've certainly had more than our share of the spotlight in the last year fantastic and it's just amazing to think that you've come in without having that hr professional background or experience over the years and faced so many challenges straight off the bat and yeah. as you say an incredible acceleration curve Still sounding positive, I need to say, Darren, as we go through this call, um, which is fantastic. What what what's what's been the thing that excites you most about being in HR? I mean, it's it clearly was a you know joking aside, a, a considered decision to move into the HR side of the and the people function. What yeah. excites you? Well, there, there was some method in the madness, so you know it wasn't that the the the. Um, the people leadership team took a wild gamble on me. There was an element of a gamble, I think, to bring someone from outside the function into the, the top team. But uh, uh, what I bought was some transferability of operation skills. And at my core role, so my day-to-day functional responsibility is running all of our people services. And uh, just the ability, I think, to bring 
you know, the learnings, particularly the customer focus, particularly the analytics and data um, aspects that uh, that we'd used close to the customer in my previous roles into HR mm. was just just really helpful. And in fact, um, my word, um, if if we hadn't have really dialed up our analytics as we went through the last year with the um, with the pandemic and with with work from home and uh, and all that sport, then we would have been flying blind um, significantly. So so there, there was yeah there was skills and some uh, some know how that I can bring into people operations as much the same as I've I've worked with for years in customer operations. But outside of that, I've always been a great believer. I, I one of the first management books that I, I read early on in my career was a book called i can't even remember the name of the author but it's called the profit service the service profit chain and the the core framework in it is that happy people happy staff will lead to happy customers which will lead to profit and it's a, a virtuous circle and it's very that, that sounds very simplistic but uh but all that i've seen in terms of you know out in the business delivering good performance has been enabled by actually creating really engaged, motivated, focused people that are enabled to get on and, and do their best for the business and for the customer. And uh, and so coming into HR and being able to play a very direct role in wiring that all together has been fabulous. Helping you know, the business and, and all the colleagues out there that are delivering day to day to be set up better for success in their roles has been a has been a real buzz. Um, we talk a lot, don't we, Annette, about the importance of new new skills coming into the profession. I know it's one of the big focuses both for ourselves and and the CIPD. Data analytics clearly a big a big element oh, of that. It's really important. And let's be honest, it's not an area that traditionally HR people have been great at. So there's real value in bringing that knowledge and expertise into the function and giving it a customer perspective. We're, we're Annette, we're, um, you know, we're still, at, um, we use a model called the data maturity curve and uh, we're still in the early phase of that. So now for the first time, we have a suite of people metrics, people data that, that starts at global level for the organization across all our territories aggregated for our, at Exco and CPO, and then through into each individual function and market. That data is absolutely one version of the truth when interfaced with all our finance information. So, for instance, for massively important, we were we had all sorts of challenges as a people function prior to putting this in place last spring, because every time the headcount data, for instance, was given visibility, finance would challenge and say, well, that's not what's in our reporting, that, that, that's different to our system uh, understanding. So we've now got a solid one version of the truth set of people metrics, and we're starting to go up the data maturity curve into the space of some really solid, so what insight? Yes. So what are we learning? We, we just looked at some uh, some fascinating information as as we prepare ourselves, hopefully, for some of our offices to return to some degree of capacity over the next year. What is it that's causing us first year failure rate, for instance? Yeah. And we've been able to look at several connecting data points and identify, for instance, in our Sheffield office, the one factor that is most likely to lead to first year failure after all that investment in training and development and onboarding 
is whether the colleague lives more than five miles from the office. And we've never been, and that's by pulling in not only data that sits within our own systems, but also data that we can map in terms of things like public transport and, and how people can access the offices. So we're starting to turn this into, into data and insight that the business can use and can make much better decisions to help them and our customers get the performance that we want. So, yes, exciting uh, times. Uh, that's probably analytics and uh, and insight is probably the you know the the biggest change lever that I've faced into and tried to uh, to push forward. Long way to go yet, but we're 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 definitely better than where we were a year ago. But the, the other thing that strikes me about that, you talked about this being a cracking time for you to come into HR and and get that HR insight and expertise, I'd say actually it's a cracking time for you to come into HR because yeah. the ad value you're bringing in, looking at people, data, analytics, analytics from that perspective, that's perfect timing to be. We, we, had, a, we had a great conversation today in a, in a, in a, with my team in that um, my team um, leads what we call the shop window. So we call it Ask HR and Leader Advice. And this is where demand from colleagues and leaders come into into HR for things such as, yeah, how do I understand what my holiday allocation needs to be? You know, I've got a problem with my pay. It's hey, all the all the classic stuff. And I was talking to the team about how truly being alive to those to that demand that's coming from our colleague base and being able to categorize it and understand the key demand types and how they are shifting yeah. As we go through the year, obviously at the moment for us it, uh, in January, a lot of the demand is around goal setting and end of year reviews and you know, performance management, etc. And then being able to say, now how do you take that understanding of what matters to colleagues and learn from it where we can make root cause improvements so we can make yeah. that whole experience so much better. And it's no different to the work I've been doing for the last 20 years in the customer space. You know, listen to what truly matters to your customers, what's value demand, what's value demand, what's changing over time, and and change the system to improve. You know, um, So uh, yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's very transferable from that perspective. I don't think, well, certainly in Aviva, HR hadn't had those, uh, you know, that, that, those capabilities in the past. To do that in such a disciplined way, a designed way, yeah. Yeah. And and I guess that's the you know, it sounds a great example. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the LDF in a second and what what else you're looking to learn, because clearly that's something you you know, and just uh, in true sense of how people do online quizzes these days, I've had a quick Google and it's James Heskett, if anyone's interested oh, in the service, well, service profit chain. I think that's how you do online quizzes now, isn't it? Annette, you look it up on Google and then answer. Get all the answers straight away. Exactly. Uh, yes. uh, I, I find I get 100% in pub quizzes these days. It's much, much easier. But anyway, so yeah, no, James Heskett, that's uh, the the, uh, the writer of Service Profit Chain. I've just added that to my uh, my own reading list. Looks looks excellent. So just let's talk about LDF for a second then, Darren. Yeah. So you've been introduced to the Guild, I'm assuming probably through Danny, who was our previous master, Danny Harmer, and uh, joined the LDF, which is the Leadership Development Forum and, and, and what we're doing for for people who are progressing their, their profession, their career. And we had Stephen Seibon, who manages that for us, runs it for us on the call previously. Just really interested to get your perspective on, on, on the course and what you're learning from it. Yeah, in terms of why the LDF, 
I had a great conversation, as you say, Danny Harmer has been closely involved and talked about actually what what was it that would really help me establish myself and and gain traction in in, in HR and the people function. And part of it is actually I, I'd, I'd really like to explore the opportunity to gain some technical understanding of some of the more technical areas that uh, that, that I haven't had the the depth of, of of opportunity to yet. So, for instance, my my new LDF mentor Helen has got a, a great track record in the reward space, and I'd really like to get to a deeper understanding, given how much the the reward capability can influence performance. But uh, but probably more broadly, was actually an ability to just expand a networking and gain a cohort of uh, individuals that are outside of Aviva that are working themselves through you know, their own development and their own opportunities with their organisations to to improve and, and take forward their own HR functions. So that was really the key thing was to create that network, which you know, is, is hopefully a set of individuals that, uh, that I can continue to connect with and seek support from and guidance over the uh, the ongoing period fantastic to hear because you know i guess big part of the guild right uh, and there is that sense of fellowship and working with others gaining yeah. that so there's the connection clearly with the cohort that you'll network with but the the broader the broader guild as well all of that kind of yeah. alignment and, and i, I great- fully intend to to soak as much out of that as possible because <laughs> uh you know it's it's interesting having come out of the customer side of the business for you know a couple of decades and almost by osmosis and just without without necessarily making it an objective i've gathered a fairly wide external network where i can have chat and house conversations and and we yeah, yeah. what you what, what you discover is most senior leaders in a particular space in different organizations are also grappling with similar challenges and uh, you, you know you can you can pick up approaches and, and ideas that will help hopefully that's that's what i now find in the hr space as uh, as I, I utilize the program from that perspective and some and Stephen was talking about some of the great sort of master classes that come with there anything particular you're looking forward to learning well, <laughs> uh, this is uh, this is going to be obvious but the analytics session next week <laughs> the first one in my diary simply because as i say um you know we are we 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 started from a very basic level i think we're making good progress but there is so much in that space that I think if we can move it at the pace that as a business we need it to to get to, we can make such a difference. So so that that would be my first masterclass. Um, and then really, as I say, technical side of, of HR, each of them, the, the whole suite of them, I think will will just help make me that bit more credible and and give me that that broader perspective that, uh, that I really could benefit from. Fantastic. Just if we can, just we sort of bring this podcast to a close, Darren, that's been a great insight and fantastic to hear the excitement you have for the profession as we go forward. I, I guess for new people joining your team or new people coming into to HR, is there any sort of advice you'd give? <laughs> as if as if I should be so bold, but uh, what's that? What's that old uh, joke? A chap asked for directions, and uh, and the response that he gets is, "Well, I wouldn't start from there." Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. If I if I was giving some advice, um, I would say whether or not um, you actually do go straight into HR, or HR has been your you know your your path right through. 
it would be genuinely to go out and get some some broader business experience, even if that's just a short term period of secondment or a talent swap or, or something. Because uh, I do think uh, I am so blessed by the fact that I've had that that breadth of uh, mm. uh, of involvement across the business. But um, that said, um, uh, in terms of what I think helped me enormously in the early days of, of coming into the function was that what was quite intuitive from the perspective of the fact that, yeah, it's the world I'd come from, but take some time to truly listen to and understand what matters to colleagues and leaders in your business and uh, attempt to do some diagnostics and gap analysis on how what they're presently seeing the, the HR function where people function, prioritise, focus on delivering to the organisation meets those uh, those 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 what matters um, areas for yeah. uh, for colleagues and leaders. I think that gives you then a you know a really good kind of orientation. You know you'll be you'll be able to be quite sure footed about where then you want to place your attention and your focus. Um, uh, and then looking looking upwards um, to the top of the house, um, uh, I think uh, if you can take that what matters to colleagues and leaders and connect it and understand how best to connect it to the organization's strategy and purpose and really make it um, as congruent as possible, then everything you work on and look to bring to the organization will be will be much more easily absorbed and much, much more readily embedded because there is that that really clean line of sight from from what the organization is attempting to achieve over the the midterm through to yeah. the day-to-day performance of the hr function fantastic and, and what, what our listeners can't see is annette nodding vigorously seriously <laughs> um, I, I, I used to have a chief exec who had a great little phrase he said uh, when you get into a senior leadership role and this is not just hr but just generally the skill is being able to soar with the eagles whilst also scratching with the pigeons that's a great and i love oh, yeah. that in terms of i think sometimes you know certainly head office you know i'm now in group center there is a danger to be a little bit absorbed in the soaring with the eagles space <laughs> because there's always such fantastic intellectual um smart conversations happening about uh about the function and about the capabilities that the function has but actually i think if you you can you can balance that with the reality of what's close to the customer or what's close mm-hmm. to the, where the organization truly manifests its purpose and its product and its its service then uh then then it just becomes a, uh, I think, much more, much more credible. Yeah, agreed. 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 Well, excellent, Darren. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. This I've evening. loved it, Aaron. Thank Fantastic. You. Thank you. Love your energy and passion about what you do. It's lovely to hear. Oh, I, I, I am genuinely. Um, I, don't, I don't quite know how I'll cope if you know the pace and the the dynamism of the last twelve months. Clearly, you know what's the old phrase: "Don't let a crisis go to waste." Yeah, um, it, as I kind of hope, given that you know there's been many downsides to this horrible pandemic. If things things actually get a little bit quieter and calmer, because this is the HR that all the HR that I've ever known is mm. in, in, in this time. Something. There's always something to do or improve. But I, that, that's what Danny keeps telling me. Trust me, there's always another yeah, always something around the corner. So, uh, so yes, yeah, so I don't think I'll get bored just yet, that's for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. And uh, have a, an amazing week. We're going to close out our podcast there. Uh, again, if you can, if you want to listen to any of the backlog of podcasts, you can do so on Spotify, uh, iTunes, or whatever choice it is you like to listen to your podcasts on. Thanks again, Darren. Thanks again, Annette. Uh, until next time.